Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. got done watching night one of emergence or as the intro package said emergence chapter one um and it was a show um there were yeah. some good parts there were some bad parts there was some why was this even here parts yeah you know what this was probably a good episode for me to be busy because i was a, i was a little busy with work i ended up missing the a lot of the middle portion of this show but maybe Maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's so that I, I still bliss, blissfully love TNA and Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I, I felt like, considering they were making this out to be like a major show, a uh, major TV show, kind of like how like the, uh, Impact, or not Impact, uh, AEW had done Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest, and now uh, they did Resurgence, or not Resurgence, Rebellion. Uh, earlier in the year for Impact, uh, and WWE did Bash of the uh, or Great American Bash. Uh, it felt like this was just another standard episode of Impact uh, for the most part, I mean, with a few matches that were like, okay, well, this could have been like a pay per view match. Yeah, I mean, there was some good quality from the matches I did see, and. It makes sense. They they save these matches and the, and the style of matches for what was supposed to be a bigger event for them. So, yeah. Uh, so to run down uh, the card, uh, we're going to start right off with our opening match. It was uh, the triple threat match with for the uh, X division championship between TJP, Rohit Raju. And the champion, Chris Bay. And this would be Chris Bay's second defense of this title. Uh, the first one being Willie Mack the night or the Tuesday after Slammiversary. And, and basically going into this, Rohit uh, like kind of weaseled his way into this match to kind of yes. be uh, there to protect Chris Bay from Falafal. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was surprised at this match. Um, I thought that. The way that it was worked, I thought was very interesting. Like TJP, the high flyer throughout this entire match was just submission moves and trying to wear down Chris Bay and work on his legs. And I mean, according to the commentary booth, they were uh, he he's a world renowned technician. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, who knows? I I haven't watched TJP and Impact for super long. And in WWE, he was more just the high-flying guy who was just like, wee, I'm a video game character. Um, yeah. And uh, seeing him on Friday in uh, New Japan uh, with him being, again, just his high-flying self, hmm. I would not put him in the character of a world-renowned technician, <laughs> but maybe I'm missing bits and pieces. No, maybe I, he I was. Correctly <laughs> building him up. Yeah. Um, now, they did mention, the, the weird thing about this, I think Madison Rain pointed this out very early on. She pointed out that this was a triple threat match, which means that there are new DQs, and that Falaba easily could have gotten involved in this match to help his friend. And Falaba did not do that. Not he same. just watched on the outside. Um, unlike Rohit Raju and Chris Bay, who throughout the match looked like they were a well-oiled machine. Maybe a few hiccups here and there. Um, There's a couple two-on-one. Um, well, I should say the other way around. One-on-two submission moves TJP did. That I guess yeah. I could point out that were really, really interesting. He, they even called my roommate's eye. He was like, what the heck is going on on your TV? And I'm like, I don't know, man. What, what is Yeah, at, at one point, TJP had uh, like a, a – I don't want to call it a scorpion deathlock, but it kind of was. Right. Was- uh, on, on Chris Bay. 
and then had an octopus stretch going on Rohit. Um, I thought that was very unique. Uh, Rohit fought out pretty quickly, though, because like it's very difficult to have two separate submission moves going at the same time and being able to have the same amount of pressure involved. And Rohit realized that and got himself out of it. Yeah. Um, there was some other points where they like it was just like uh, TJP working both of them at the same time. Um, and then eventually uh, Rohit and uh, Chris Bay went on the offensive and they were just uh, pretty much beating down TJP. Uh, and TJP finally looked like he was getting on the upper hand near this, the end of this match. Uh, he put here, yeah, he was up in the corner, uh, the, on the top rope in the corner. Uh, Chris Bay came over to try to intercept him. Uh, and throws him to the ground, but he ends up getting kind of crotched in the corner uh, and then tries to get back up. TJP tries to get back over, gets pushed down by Rohit, uh, and then T- Chris Bay kind of gets his foot caught in the the ropes. Rohit goes to the top rope, and he can hit either TJP or Chris Bay, and he decides he's going to turn on his best friend, the person that put him into this match, Chris Bay, does the double stomp in the corner, and pins Chris Bay. One, two, three, winning the X Division Championship. Yeah, what a I was turn. shook. I was shook with this. <laughs> um, I, mean, what I don't think. I don't think Rohit Raju is going to have a long title reign. Wouldn't imagine. I think I, I assume Chris Bay is going to get this back. Considering I think that, that this is the first time we've seen him win a match ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Could you hear that? Yeah. That, that would be Pat walking into the room just to yell Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. But uh, uh, he enjoyed a lot of Popeye's with his celebratory win. Oh, of course. Did you see Chris uh, Bay's face when he was laying down on the mat and wrote yes. in the corner? Oh, my goodness. His eyes are popping out of his face. Yeah, he, he was shook. I was <laughs> shook. Uh, I, I said this because I was watching and uh, on Xbox at the same time. Pat and Joey were not watching. But I told them the result, and they thought I was just making a joke. And I was like, nope. And Joey, uh, who was a big Chris Bay fan, uh, point uh, was like, why would they do that to him? And me and Pat both said that this, I, we think it's kind of like, okay, Rohit uh, kind of finessed uh, his way into this. And, you know, Chris Bay claims he's the ultimate finesser. Uh, and now Chris Bay is going to have to treat him like he's actually a challenge. And when he rematches them, he'll probably get the win. Um Easy way to make someone a two-time champion, basically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, how do you, do you like this match, Angelo, to kick off the show? It was, it was a pretty strong opening. There were some sloppier moments, but I think they were just trying to really uh, stretch the boundaries of what they could do with one-on-two or two-on-one situations. So there were some moments where it looked a little sloppy. And probably granted, they're not working together so constantly. Um, but it was a really strong match, a really shocking win at least like like you said you were shook i was i was shocked with it um josh matthew sounded pretty shocked but a good way to start yeah i agree i think this was the perfect way to open this show um and credit to all three guys they put on a good performance to get us all invested in the show uh right after that we go right to uh well first off we get a little quick thing with uh, our boy Hernandez and Hernandez yeah, is walking back and forth. Reno scum find him and they give him the money that they had taken from Rhino last week. Um, that is and... a trio of facial hair. Yes, a hundred percent. Mutton chops. Hernandez is rocking today. Yes, and Reno scum are always, uh, I guess, scummy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they're. It, it, they are the facial-haired brethren at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, so 
he gets the money and he gives them a few dollars and they're like, oh, I mean, we took out Rhino of all people. Like, we deserve a few more dollars. You better not be jipping us. Uh, and he was like, okay, okay. You make your point. And he gave them like half of his wad of cash um, and said that if you guys are interested, I've got more more business that needs to be taken care of. Uh, and they said, oh, we're always down for business. And they, they, they went away. Hopefully it's and, just um, recreating the Latin American exchange, LAX. That that would be a very interesting group. <laughs> yeah, uh, not happening. But... Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, after this, we get we go to Wrestle House for the first time, and we have we start off with Johnny Bravo having a play date with his little stuffed dog, um, and Crazy Steve, who is has his you know pet monkey. Uh, and they're just goofing around. Johnny Bra- uh, Crazy Steve starts teasing Bravo about Rosemary. Uh, and Johnny Bravo's like, you're mean, gets his stuff and walks off. Uh, and Crazy Steve talks about how he's trying to get uh, Johnny to like do what he needs to to get with Rosemary because Rosemary wants him. Uh, and Johnny Bravo just not picking up these signs because he's Johnny. Um and then we get to the more the more pressing matter at hand, and that is Larry D has a new signature cologne. Oh yeah. So AC Romero walks into a bathroom and he thinks somebody has just destroyed a toilet. And he's talking and we don't know who he's talking to. And all of a sudden we turn and it is Larry D who is all dressed up in like a nice little sports coat, a button down shirt that's exposing the chest at the top. Uh, and he's like, Oh, don't worry. It's ring rust. And AC's like, I know we haven't been wrestling that much here at wrestle house, but doesn't mean that you can just get rusty here. And he's like, no, it's my new, it's my new, it's my new signature scent. Ring yeah, rust me. made with actual ring rust. And AC Romero is very confused on why anybody would wear the scent of rust uh, on their body. Um, and Larry D says he's got a woman who likes him, and this is how he is going to woo her. And AC Romero still very confused. Uh, and then we go to our next match, which is Trey Miguel versus Moose for the TNA Heavyweight World Championship. World Heavyweight Championship. Um, This was a match. Um, Trey really did not get a lot of offense to start this match. He got beat up pretty badly to begin the match. Um, And then Trey started to make his comeback, and then Moose just beat him up some more and then Trey looked like he was going to make another comeback and Moose kind of fought out of it uh and then the turning point Trey finally gets on the right track he's knocking Moose out of the ring he's beating him down and Moose is staggered on the outside of the ring Trey runs across to hit the ropes runs back to make a suicide dive uh, Moose catches him and says, if you're going to try to hit me, you best not miss. Uh, and he just swings him right into the barricade and then gets him up for a po- uh, power bomb and slams him right on the apron uh, and rolls him in and beats him up some more. Uh, and then Trey gets up, try- reverses the... Uh, the lights out spear for the first time uh, tries to hit uh, hits a super kick, then tries to do some fancy offense to try to set himself up for a big win or a big like upset. Uh, but Moose counters it with the lights out spear. One, two, three match ends and Trey right away rolls out of the ring. Like immediately after the pin, he just starts rolling out and 
all of a sudden Moose stands up and he's like, I told you. And EC3 pops up, throws the towel off of his head because for some reason he was carrying a towel over his head and grabs Moose by the ear, rips him down and hits him, uh, knocks him, lays him out uh, and grabs the TNA world heavyweight title, looks at it, holds it over Moose and then walks out of the arena with the title. And Josh Matthews acted like somebody had just stole candy from a baby and that Moose was the biggest baby face ever because Josh Matthews starts freaking out about how that's not EC3's property. And that's Moose's. At the Hmm. beginning of this match, uh, Josh Matthews was talking about how Moose just found this title. It doesn't belong to Moose. It belongs to the archives of Impact's history. But once EC3 took the title from him, oh no, now it's Moose's property. Um, A lack of consistency, it seems like. Absolutely, and that's what you get to expect from our boy, Josh Matthews. (laughs) Uh, After this, we get an Eric Young video package. Uh, going through his whole career in Impact, he was a superhero. He was a sidekick. Got married was, to ODB. Yep, he was the le- he was a leader of men. Uh, talking about Team Canada, uh, he was a lackey. He was elite. But the quote that I got out of this that I liked the most: "I was elite before being the elite was cool." Yes, <laughs> loved it. Um, Talking and then talked about how this new side of him is the most true self he has been um, throughout his career, uh, and talked about how not being on any TV for almost two years doesn't make me uh, know uh, doesn't make me forget what I am owed, uh, and good little jab at WWE not using him on the main roster um, once they separated Sanity. Right. Uh, and just literally just having him there for like just random bits like him getting hit in the chair uh, hit in the head with a chair by Seth Rollins when Seth yeah, Rollins was I a mean... baby face or him shaving his whole head and just randomly running around for the 24-7 title. Uh yeah, he was really just a casualty of the old WWE business model of we're going to buy as much talent as we can and then we don't know what to do with all the talent. We're just going to keep them on the roster because we'd rather them get paid by us than make money elsewhere. So he kind of... Well, I, yeah, I think it's part partly that, but also partly WWE not knowing what to do with tag teams. Like, Sanity was really good in NXT. Right, and. Right. Like, they were perfectly fine. Everybody liked them. And then they were like, nah, let's move them up to the main roster and immediately have them lose their first. Like, they were put in the tag tournament uh, on SmackDown and they immediately lost to, I believe, the New Day. And that's not how you build up this, like, imposing force that they were in NXT. Uh, they weren't there very long on SmackDown before they separated them to having Killian Dane go back to NXT, Alexander Wolf go to NXT UK and join Imperium, and Eric Young being a goofball. Uh, oh, and Nikki Cross like eventually came up. Like she wasn't there originally when Sanity made their debut on the main roster. Like she was. Uh, in NXT, but yeah, that's kind of the less we say about Sanity now is the best. <laughs> I was gonna say, but okay, but the other ones are still in on WWE contracts or NXT. Yeah, yeah, everybody's still under the so with the original Sanity, it was um, Nikki Cross, it was um, Eric Young, it was Sawyer Fulton, who's now Madman Fulton in Impact. Um, and I believe it was Alexander Wolf. That was the original incarnation. Then Fulton got injured, like, right after they debuted. Um, like, I want to say a month or two into their debut. 
and then they just inserted Killian Dane in there. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then they like then they released Sawyer Fulton like while he was injured. Um, but but everybody else is yeah. Nikki Cross is still employed. Yes. Alexander Wolf is still employed. Killian Dane is still employed. It's just Eric Young. Yeah, interesting guy with more yeah. experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So after this, we go to our flashback moment of the week, and it is Kurt Angle versus Eric Young. On a random episode of Impact uh, and a stretcher match, uh, which Eric Young wins. Eric Young was the number one contender to uh, Kurt Angle's world championship. Uh, And, yeah, he won. Um, Speaking of Kurt Angle, I have Impact in 60 on. And we have this week's episode is uh, the rivalry between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Did they flip the headbutt yet? Yes, they did. Oh, great. Yeah, the, fir- the first one that they did is uh, Genesis with the headbutt. Okay, excellent. Uh, and just the amount of blood in that match. Beautiful. All right, after this, we get Willie Mack. We go to commercial. We come back. It's Willie Mack and Jimmy Jacobs talking uh, about the history between Willie Mack and, uh, and Rich Swan and the last two weeks how they've been not the best for Willie Mack and all of a sudden you see the camera start shaking it swings around and it's Brian Myers and Brian Myers says nobody cares hey Jimmy follow me he takes the camera he walks over to this couch and he sits down on the couch and he's like Jimmy take a seat we've known each other for a while why don't you ask me some questions nobody cares about Willie Mack right now and Jimmy Jacobs is like, okay, so uh, why are you here? And so Brian Myers goes down, like, what he's done in his career uh, and says that, Jimmy, you've known, we've known each other for a while. You know that I've always played by the rules of companies. You know that anyone or any company I've worked for or worked with, I do what they tell me. And what does that get me? getting fired while my wife is six months pregnant during a global pandemic. Oof. Uh, And then follows it up with, I'm tired of being called just a good hand for the ring. I'm tired of having things decided backstage by an out-of-touch 70-year-old man and backstage production meetings that wrestlers can't listen into and talk about. That's direct. The shots fired from this promo and the little jab that Eric Young put in his little video package. They were not holding punches from WWE. Yeah, Impact uh, tonight. doesn't give a damn, and I guess they got nothing to lose. Yeah, uh, and I think this is one of those things where it's like Impact knows that they're not the number one or the number two anymore. Probably not even the number three. So if they just keep naming like the other companies, nobody's going to pay them a damn. Like WWE is not going to be like, oh man, we need to try to target impact. AEW is not going to be like, oh man, we need to focus our attention on impact. Like they can just say what they want. And like as long as people tune in, like they're, it's still a a plus for them. A win for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, was Brian Myers the right guy to cut a promo like that? I think it's interesting because I, he's very good on the mic. Um, and I think it's one of those things where, like, Brian Myers, like, as Kurt Hawkins, like, we only saw, like, him as this goofy guy who was happy about losing, making shirts about his losing streak, uh, and or, then being Zack Ryder's best friend. Yeah, being the, being the edgehead. Like we we've never seen this side of Brian Myers where he's like uh, super serious, super like focused, super wanting to put himself forward uh, above all else. Uh, and I think that this is an interesting way to do this. Um, I think it's probably better to have like a veteran doing this than say, I don't know. Um, 
like some random like Diana Perrazzo. Yeah, Diana, or even like I don't know some random NXT person that like was never on TV and like never did anything yeah. elsewhere. Like at least Diana, like she like has wrestled in Ring of Honor and Stardom. Like she's gone other places and succeeded. Yeah, but like it, it's not like some random person on NXT who like never did anything there, never did anything like anywhere. Said, oh, Vince McMahon kept me down when it was probably yeah. not the case. Yeah, yeah. Brian Myers is like very well respected by most people in the industry. Uh, so I think him saying that it's kind of like him venting that frustration. I also think that it worked well as well uh, because Jimmy Jacobs was with WWE for a brief time as a producer before getting fired for uh, because Vince McMahon supposedly this is the we know why he got fired and it was for taking a picture with the Young Bucks uh, during the Young Bucks and the elites. Uh, takeover of uh or invasion of uh monday night raw at uh at the staples center i believe a few years back uh jimmy jacobs went outside and took a picture with the young bucks and supposedly it made vince mcmahon furious for uh, him acknowledging them existing outside um and so he fired him uh i think that that plays along with it was a good idea to have them both in the mix for this promo or interview thing with yeah, Brian Myers. So. Uh, ends up the camera gets knocked down and you don't know see who did it, but all of a sudden you see Willie Mack and Brian Myers starting to fight over top of the camera before the camera shuts the black because the presumption is somebody stepped on it or broke it or something. Um, so that's going to be a feud, or at least a mini feud. Um, after this, we get a commercial for Heath for Impact, where he calls he calls out his next feud. Drum roll, please! It is Joe Biden. Oh, all right. Uh, and the reason is is because Joe Biden decided to announce his vice president's candidate on Tuesday. Everybody knows that the only thing Tuesdays are good for is Impact Wrestling. That's why I didn't get signed. It's because Heath for Impact couldn't get trending because of that. Uh, So uh, he talks about how Heath for Impact has nothing going on today. Uh, so it should get trending, and if it gets trending, he should get a job. Uh, <laughs> then the green screen cuts off, and the producer says, "You still have eleven seconds of your ad time." And he says, "He says, what should I say?" And he says, "This is your commercial." And he says, "Oh, I've got something." Green screen comes back on. It's fireworks going off, and he's like. I'm Heath Slater, and I still have kids. He said Slater? (laughs) Or, I'm Heath, and I still have kids. (laughs) My bad. Okay, I was curious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, these Heath ads are great. Heath for Hashtag Heath for Impact. I'm glad that they, because we we actually mentioned it, that there, like, nothing was trending for Impact last week because of last Tuesday was just a crazy day in in the world of news. Uh, So I'm glad that they acknowledged that as well and ran with it. Yeah, unfortunately for Heath, uh, the NBA playoffs are going on, and uh, the matchup going on during this time was the beginning of the Lakers versus Trailblazers game. (laughs) Uh, And unfortunately for Heath even more, and unfortunately for Impact, uh, I feel like more people were probably focusing on that, considering that the Blazers at the end of the first quarter were destroying uh, the Lakers. So, Were they? uh, Yeah, it was... uh, with two minutes left in the first quarter, it was 33-18. to 18. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so maybe both number one seeds lose their first matches. Yeah, what's the, what's the score check? Uh, score check uh, to continue my little streak of random at, uh, facts. Uh, it is 54-52. to 52. Los Angeles is leading with a minute 
and 17 seconds in the second quarter. Wow. So they brought it back. Uh, the other big trend was Chris Webber, uh, because Chris Webber is on commentary and everybody is roasting him because he is literally the worst announcer ever for basketball. Um, <laughs> and this is true. It's so true. Um, so, yeah, after that, we go to Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus the Good Brothers. Um, this match existed. I did not think they had great chemistry. I think that this match went on too long. I started to zone out at points because it just felt really slow. And by really slow, I mean really slow. Like, it was painfully slow at points where it was just, like, people walking around in the ring, uh, just, like, looking at each other. Like, somebody would be on the ground crawling. The other person's looking around. They'd knock somebody off the edge. They'd walk around. Uh, it, it was really slow. Um, it never picked up for me. Um, I'm sure there's people who liked it. I didn't think anything great of it. I thought this was a fine match. I don't think this should. I, I understand why it was on this show because it's your big new acquisition in the Good Brothers versus Ace Austin, who's like your top heel before Slammiversary and his monster. Um, so it's like your good brothers, I guess, but right, it didn't so, click for me. So maybe that's just what the issue was. I, I know they built this up, this matchup a lot. They've been, you know, building this up for a couple of weeks, but they're kind of very similar tag teams. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense where, um, two big men with Ace Austin can, can fly around a bit, but like, you know, uh, Anderson doesn't really, isn't really. Well, it, it's fire. weird. It's yeah, it's weird because Anderson, yeah, he's not a high flyer, he's older. Um, but I felt like Ace Awesome was the slowest person in this match, hmm. other than Gallows. Um, I felt like Ace Austin tried to keep the pace as slow as possible at points. Um, and I, I think that was a, a bit of a detractor from this match, is because okay. you're used to seeing him being the guy who's like fiery running off the sides, doing all this crazy stuff. Um, and he was a little bit more laid back in this. I, I I guess it's one of those things where maybe it's he's real young and he wasn't in control of this match like he is in other matches. Like, he's showing, like, that respect to the older guys. But at the same time, he's doing it a little too much um, where he's, like, going out of his own element and it's detracting from the match. Um, who knows? I don't know. But at the end of this match, the Good Brothers win, and Josh Matthews says, I'm sure this isn't the end of this chapter of these four men. So I guess this feud's continuing. There wasn't a yeah. screwy finish. There wasn't anything to do with continuing this feud. But I guess they want to, so cool um after this we go back to wrestle house and we get we cut to like a garage and there's a big old refrigerator in there and the deaners look in the refrigerator and they're like oh we've got that match between kylie ray and taya tonight good thing we bought a lot of beer for the match and we open the doors, and all their beer is gone. Oh, boy. And they do the South Park bit of, you know, the they, t- they took their germs. Well, it's they took their beer. <laughs> and they just keep on doing it. And it was great. I loved it. Um, so they're like, oh, let's see who could have done it. And they look at the people that are in the room with them. <laughs> and it's Alicia Edwards. And she says, no, it's not her. Uh, It is Johnny Swinger, who they look at, and he says, hey, baby, don't look at me. I'm straight edge, daddy. And they all look at him, and they're like, no, you aren't. And he's like, you're right. I'm on probation. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that was great. Uh, Rosemary, who just was not interested, 
and then AC Romero comes in and is like, what's going on? And they're like, you stole our beer. And he's like, I don't take people's beer. And they're like, okay. Uh, and then Johnny Bravo comes in and then Larry D comes in uh, and Larry D goes to the fridge grabs two bottle like glass bottles of water talks to uh rosemary and asks her out to sit next to him for the match and she says oh i'm already on ref duty but next week i'll be your date to the match right in front of johnny and johnny is not very happy about this (laughs) uh also crazy steve was here and they didn't ask Crazy Steve because apparently Crazy Steve is blind. Um, right. Yeah, this is a new development that I've learned that Crazy Steve is supposedly blind. Like, I, it's not from the paint, the ref makeup. It's just that's his character is he's blind. So, like, that's not a safe wrestler. Yeah, he probably is, is in the wrong business. Yeah. Um, I guess I should point out Larry D seems to be like a, a second-rate Otis. Yes. With the love storyline. A hundred percent. But you can actually understand everything that Larry D says. So that's why it's second rate. Yeah. That's that's fair. Uh so then we get Kylie versus Tayo with Rosemary as the ref. This was the most wrestling that has happened at Wrestle House. Um we actually had moves. We it wasn't <laughs> just random punching and slapping. There were super kicks, there were reversals, there were submission moves, like it was a solid match for Russell House. Um, Rosemary was obviously trying to help Ty the whole time. At points, she would uh, stick her leg out to trip up Kylie when she was like kind of making her comebacks. Uh, she'd count real slow. Uh, she would stop counting. Uh, she would not pay attention and start talking to Larry D. Good on uh, while. Uh, Taya was cheating uh, but in the end Kylie comes out on top uh, and then uh, Rosemary rolls out of the ring after the match goes over to Larry and says I hope we're still on for next week and that cuts to Johnny Bravo who's very sad and Crazy Steve comes over and says I'm blind and I can even see that you're blowing this and Jesus. Yep, that's that. Uh, My last thing about Wrestle House I want to say is Tommy Dreamer was not on this episode at all. I was sad. Um, So yeah, that would take us to our final commercial before the main event. Is there a timeline with how long Wrestle House is supposed to go? Are they just nope, nope, nope? There's no, there's no explanation other than it that uh, according to rosemary that they are trapped in wrestle house until she and johnny hook up ah. so whoever knows when that's gonna happen yeah because it's you know storyline wise kylie does have a title match number one yeah match so i don't know if she's gonna be in the house forever and not get that match <laughs> yeah uh she did make sure to tell everybody that she's still number one contender at, at the end of this so okay um, my guess is they were just trying to do something with her while Jordan was having a rematch. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and my guess would be that Kylie and Deanna would be, I guess, I don't want to say that it, I, it's about two months away from Bound for Glory next. Cause that's October yeah, 24th. Sure. Okay. So I don't know if they want to push it till that, like push Russell House for like another few weeks, and then you can have the build up for Kylie and Deanna. Yeah, that's in so, the room. Yeah. Um. So we come back from break, and you've got Josh Matthews and uh, Madison Rain, and they run down the card for next week, and just announced at the beginning of this random rundown is. Willie Mack versus Brian Myers. We've got Wrestle House. Uh, we have Eddie Edwards' Open Challenge. 
We have Deanna and Jordan in the 30-minute Ironman match for the knockouts title. And the other thing they advertised is, why did EC3 steal Moose's title? Oh, good. Uh, So they went back to that, and Josh Matthews was very upset again. And, (laughs) yeah. Um, So we got the North versus Moose, Machine Guns. And Ethan Page comes out, and he literally looks like he wants to stab somebody. He has this very angry look on his face. He, they do their normal walkout, but he's like, like almost marching and pouting. And he slides onto the apron like he normally does to do his sit and wave, and instead he just sits there and like looks like he's growling. He is very upset. Um, that this is that he doesn't have his title anymore. Uh, and then we get the Mercy Machine Guns. This was a really fun match. Yeah, I thought this was better than their first match together. Uh, when uh the Tuesday after Slammiversary. Right, right. And I just felt like they clicked more. I think the storytelling was there with like the North getting desperate for their titles to get back. Uh, them being like envious of the like the respect and the admiration that the Mercy Machine Guns have gotten Absolutely. since returning. Um, like anytime the like the Mercy Machine Guns were like talking or taunting, uh, or, like trying to pump each other up, want either Josh Alexander or Ethan Page would come over and try to knock them off, try to knock them out of the match, try like just try to beat them up as badly as they could. Um, They looked like they were ready for it. And there were a lot of near falls in this match. That's what I was going to say. A lot of near falls. It felt like what AEW does with their tag team matches in that sense. It was was just kept you on the edge of your seat pretty much throughout the duration of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. This felt like a a match that was – given time and respect to actually build. Uh, it wasn't like a tag team match that's just thrown out there and been like, okay, just go out there for five, ten minutes. Um, and, like, we'll end this in DQ or we'll end this <laughs> re- real crappy. Like, just go out there. Like, they were given plenty of time to, like, actually build this story um, and perform it very, very well. Um there were some really good double team moves by each team. And honestly, like the Mercy Machine Guns, everybody who's followed Impact or Ring of Honor or New Japan even for points uh, know that the Mercy Machine Guns have outstanding chemistry. Uh, but anybody who's watched the North over the last year uh, can attest that these guys have really good chemistry of their own. Uh, and it showed in this match just how much chemistry both teams had. Um, and when two teams click like this, it's really, really good um, for not just the match, but the overall presence of the show. Uh, so I enjoyed this match. This was my match of the night. Um, yeah. Um, even in a loss, this, for me, elevated the North so much more. Like, just having a great match against the team that has been there over and over and over again with great matches all over the world. I think it really showed that they deserved to have those titles for a year and they're going to still be an important piece of impact going forward. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good point is that they definitely leave them strong still. Like they wasn't like, okay, they lose now they're down to the bottom of the pecking order. They're still, they still beat every single team on the impact roster in their run. Right. Champs. Like you don't just lose to the motor city machine guns and be like, okay, well you, you lost now you're, (laughs) now you're the bottom team. Um, the, the interesting thing is that, all reports indicate that Ethan Page is not re-signing with Impact as of right now. Oh no! So at throughout the year, he's done like countdowns, January first uh, of next year, and all reports indicate that that is when his contract expires with Impact, uh, and supposedly 
AEW and WWE have already reached out to him uh, for contracts um, and that they want, they want him. Um, So that's, that's an interesting thing. I don't know about Josh Alexander. Like there's no, like he's not as like coveted. I don't know if it's, I think like if you're going to use him as a team, absolutely he's coveted, but I don't know when his contract expires. Right. so maybe he has a longer contract, like kind of like uh, how uh, FTR, the revival, like both of them were at different, like one of them's contract ex- was supposed to expire right after Mania. The other one was originally supposed to expire like in July or something originally, uh, just because mm-hmm. in how injuries built up. I, I it, just because we haven't focused on impact for the, the longest time, I don't know like what their contract situations are for people who get injured. If Josh Alexander ever got injured or if Ethan page was injured and that's why his contract's coming up or what. Um, but I, I think Ethan page, um, like I've said this before that I think he's the total package. I think that he, you could see him as a world champion somewhere. Um, I think that the his best chance for that would be impact. Yeah, just because like they like they at least see him as a star, whereas like WWE, I don't think so as much. I'd be afraid um, to see him. Yeah, WWE, yeah, we've seen especially how we've seen other impact stars be treated when they get over there, like Eric Young, like EC3, yeah, like um, the Wildcat Chris Harris back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, I think the only person that we can say, like, man, they were a huge impact star and like a very good, uh, very well treated, uh, star on the main roster would be AJ. Um, but I think that's because slow second is Samoa. Yeah. I I think Samoa Joe's biggest issue has just been injuries. Yeah. Like, and, and they haven't even been like injuries that are like his fault or like, like they've been like the weirdest injuries possible. Like his last injury being a ta- like a concussion while taping a TV commercial. Like come on. <laughs> yeah. Damn shame. Yeah. Um however, I do like the one thing that's like come out of it is we get to hear Samoa Joe talk more as a commentator. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm totally fine like, with Samoa Joe do, as a commentator. Uh, turn on Raw. That is, it is nice to see just Samoa Joe constantly on television. So, yeah, uh, like I don't watch Raw or SmackDown or WWE, but like if I'm watching like the highlights or something, uh, or like somebody sent, like I see that there was this really interesting spot or really weird situation that happened, and I go and check it out. Um, and I hear some of Joe's voice, and it's like, okay, like he—he's somebody who understands wrestling very well. He knows how to narrate stuff. He knows how to tell it out. It is. He's good as a face or a heel, uh, and he's not Byron Saxton. So yeah. So overall, Angelo, I know you didn't see half the about half the show. What from what you saw, what would you give it? From what I saw, and now listening to the rest of it from you, I think this is a thumbs up of a show. Actually, there was it seemed like there were some weird moments and some matches that kind of didn't really hit the expectation mark. But um, for the most part, there was a lot of strong points, and it, it continues to build the show going forward. Yeah, I would say that this would still get a thumbs up for me. Um, I think that they're if you take out the good brothers and Ace Austin Fulton match and replace it with, I don't know, run part one and part two of wrestle house together instead of having three separate wrestle house segments and like throw in, I don't know, some random match, like throw in Willie Mack and Brian Myers on this show. Um, I think that it would have been a little better um, or just tried to work out the kinks between uh, the good brothers and Ace also. Yeah. And I mean, Fulton. realistically it looks like you're going to get a second chance with them. Yeah. And some sort of probably like a high profile stipulation type match. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so we will see you next week for Emergence Part 2. But before that, we do have AEW uh, this weekend. Uh, It's going to be our AEW and uh, NXT slash SummerSlam big review show um, because it's crazy times. Uh, remember, for those who listen, AEW is not on tomorrow because of N- uh, NBA basketball, but instead is on Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern or whenever the NBA fin- or the NBA playoff games end. Uh, but we'll also be back on Friday with our uh, review of the latest uh, New Japan Strong Show, uh, which is going to have... Uh, as announced already, the New Japan Cup of America final between Kenta and David Finley. We also have the return uh, of Jay White uh, to New Japan uh, after six months of the coronavirus existing. Uh, He is in New Japan um, of America. So interesting to see what happens there. Uh, so yeah and of course me and Angela will be back next week Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G you can follow us on Facebook at Deep Six Wrestling you can follow us on YouTube subscribe to our YouTube like our videos watch our videos um, at Deep Six Wrestling and of course if you are looking and wanting to share this podcast we are on Apple Podcasts uh, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and Anchor. Uh, and anywhere that you can like or s- subscribe or share or review, we greatly appreciate that. We like to hear back from people that listen, so definitely reach out to us. Leave some comments. Let us know what you thought of the show tonight. Let us know what you think about wrestling in general. What you, let us know if you think that 70-year-old man really held Kurt Hawkins back all those years. <laughs> Whatever is on your mind, we'll like to hear it and we'll like to respond. Yeah, absolutely. We do try to respond as, as much as possible when there's actual uh, comments that are not just w- weird things that are said. Like, as long as the, the comments are somewhat legit and <laughs> um, make sense, uh, we do try to respond. Uh, feel free to DM us, message us. We, we are there for for that. 